Hey, Pete. Hey, Mia. What's up? We're about to record an episode of Share the Load. Yes, we are. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. Share the Load is a time to reflect on the division of labor within our personal relationships. When it comes to the burden of daily life, how do our evolving views on identity and work determine how we share responsibility? I'm the host, Mia Schachter. I'm an intimacy coordinator for film, TV, and theater, and a writer and educator in LA. And she's awesome. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Can I tell you about the Patreon tiers? Why, yes, you can. Let's give our listeners a great ad experience. (laughs) All right, I'll try. The first tier is $5 a month, which gets you discount codes and early access to my online classes. For 20 bucks a month, you get the same uh, discount codes and early access, plus a month of shout outs to your own product or show or offering, one free intro class, and share the load merch, which is TBD, uh, and I haven't, I haven't decided what it is yet, but it's coming soon. I'm trying to convince her to do cool t-shirts. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> the tiers get better from there. There's a $10 tier, a $50 tier, and a $100 tier. And right now, if you become a subscriber, you'll be helping me get a better microphone, which I hear is really important. It's real good. It's real good <laughs> for a podcast. Yeah, that's, that's what I hear. <laughs> well, all that's super cool. And if I didn't want to be a subscriber, which I am, uh, how else could one support the show? You can write a review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, which really helps direct other people to the show. It improves SEO, from what I understand. Um, You can also share about it on social media or share it directly with friends who you think would enjoy it. Yes, please share. (laughs) And we thank you for it. So I think we should start the show. All right, sounds good. I'm your host, Mia Schachter. I'm an intimacy coordinator for film, TV, and theater, and a writer and educator in Los Angeles. Camera Sadia Hakim is back. Um, Camera founded Activation Residency and was on the show a few weeks ago. Hi, Camera. Hi, Mia. How? I can't believe we've been a few weeks. I <laughs> only a few weeks. Can you believe that? No. It's I've wow. I've never seen time change so quickly ever it's almost as if we're going through like like a wormhole or something yeah exactly yeah yeah we're like we're like light speeding toward whatever the future is i'm kind of into it i am too i mean the my brain is like just on fire constantly in a way like I'm learning at a much more rapid pace than ever in my life and like and and getting you know faster at like thinking and forming opinions and like trusting what I believe like I've never experienced this before it's it's beautiful and also just to sort of see like for me I'm having this like parallel experience where my circumstances and my environment are changing just as quickly as I feel like my gender is changing. And Whoa. so I'm having like internal experience where I'm transitioning as a trans person. And then I'm also having this like external experience that isn't necessarily like binary, but more of like spectrum and that it's also changing like just as rapidly, you know? And so yeah, I don't know. I feel like my last episode was very more, much me talking about sort of 
jumping off of this like platform or this like um this like this stage or this trampoline and Hmm. I feel like where I'm at now is like I've like jumped and I'm like in the air and I'm like I haven't like fallen like come back down but it's like that like shift in energy between like the bounce and the jump up and the the coming of back down I feel like I'm kind of like in that liminal space in my life like it's it's beautiful I'm learning so much and I feel like the universe is being very gentle with me in my lessons and instead of me like making the mistake and then learning the lesson the universe is giving me the examples like through other people but then also giving me the information before the mistake happens so I can arrive at the mistake with Mm -hmm. the information and avoid making the mistake and like so it's weird it's like a time continuum thing where it's like before I felt like I was like before time and now I feel like I'm after time I have been having like hearing you say that I'm like what I've been having this recurring thought lately like and really heightened in the last couple months that like, I mean, I've never really believed in linear time, but it has just gotten so much clearer that there is no such thing. Like everything that is going to exist already exists. Everything that did exist is going to exist and exists currently and is in flux. And the way that that, the, what I love about that visual of you on a trampoline is that if you're just looking at a moment of it, you don't know if you're going up or down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that you also, there's like this something, you're like, f- you might be free falling, but you're in control. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's a beautiful image. I know. I'm glad it came to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a very loose episode where, um, doing our indulging in our vices together today um I wanted I'll just say why I wanted to do this again with you um the moment that we were in when you were on the show before well a the moment like historically but also b the moment like in in our knowing each other um was really different and we're now like working together on a lot of stuff but there's been a lot of um like since our first episode the whole concept of the work and labor has like turned inside out and taken on not just a different form but like so many new forms um so i wanted to ask you about the work that you're doing and how it has changed maybe concretely and more kind of, um, you know, elusively just kind of whatever you see as like the biggest shifts for you in terms of the labor that you're doing. Absolutely. So I love talking about this because I feel like there's just such a very like clear answer for me and how these shifts have happened and continue to happen. Um, And right before George Floyd was murdered, we did the podcast. And so that was pre-Respitus Resistance, pre-Farming Futurity, pre-all of these like initiatives and um, projects that I started for activation. And so 
I almost can't even remember what kind of headspace I was in about activation, but I knew I had to do something. And so that next week after George Floyd was murdered and folks were like, you know, rapidly um, mobilizing and responding through protests, I was like, I still don't know like what my lane is, but I know I have a lane and I know I need to figure out what that lane is. So Mm. I organized really quickly, got a lot of supplies put together, um, went to a protest in Flatbush and set up a station for folks to like come get snacks and first aid things and just like general supplies that you would need at a protest. Um, And after we gave out most of the supplies, we started marching and we're marching, we're marching in Flatbush. And this moment comes to me where I like have this like introspective experience and like all of the spirits and ancestors that live within me were just like, I can't believe we're still marching in 2020. And I just like broke down in tears and I like could barely hold myself up because I was just sobbing and I was like, these are not just my tears. Like these are tears of people who have been doing this work and are so fucking exhausted that like now this work has to continue to be passed down. And so like what, you know, what you were saying about the work and it being flipped on its head and stuff like that is like, I feel like we hardly think about the work that way. And in this like generational way of like the work that I'm doing now is like work and labor that has already been established and is now being passed on to this body, Hmm. you know, and this body maybe new to the work, but the bodies that did this work before aren't new to it. So they're sad that now this work that was theirs is still work being put into the bodies of the bodies that were inside their bodies before. <laughs> so I just like, I'm like, oh, the work. Um, but uh, my roommate like, you know, picked me up by my, my shoulder and held me through that pain. And then we got to a point where there were helicopters like swerving like really low over the crowd and and, like just creating this whole spectacle where folks were very confused and like didn't know what to do. And we're just sort of like looking at this NYPD helicopter, like giving it the middle finger and just sort of like distracted by the spectacle. And so my roommate and I went up to the front of the group and we were just like, what is going on? Like, why are we stagnant? Like the point is to march, it's to continue. It's to like block the roads, like create, you know, like galvanize the people and so we're like looking at this crowd just staring at this helicopter not really having any direction and then we start yelling at the crowd like let's go let's go like we have a march to march (laughs) 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 it took like three minutes to get the the crowd like to understand that we had to keep going we couldn't just stand here being distracted Mm -hmm. um And after that, we had walked for about 20 minutes and then we had a guy come up to us on his bike and he was like, where are you headed? And we're like, we don't know. This isn't our protest. Like we're just (laughs) marching through the streets for freedom. And then he was just like, oh, wow. Well, there's like 10,000 people behind you. Like you're leading these people. So I, I just need like answers on what the route is. And like, it had just like clicked into me and that clicked in me that moment that like I had like naturally like fell into this leadership moment that actually wasn't designed for me because I didn't plan that protest, nor did I know any of the organizers. So I was just like, wow, there is like so much need for leadership and not leadership in the way of like one person um, 
like leadership in a more like horizontal structure where like maybe one person is like designing the vision and like making the hard phone calls and talking to contractors and negotiating budgets but that doesn't necessarily mean that like there's like a hierarchy there mm -hmm. and so after that protest i was just so exhausted and so emotionally drained and like felt like i didn't really have like the resources in that moment to recover from that experience and i was just like okay like leading protests isn't my lane but like care as the revolution is my lane oh yeah <laughs> so that sunday i was just like okay i like this is a huge pivot moment and like literally within 24 hours i iterated respite as resistance and i was like i know i want to program program that's dedicated to QT BIPOC. Um, I know I want it to be centered around respite and rest and care. And I'm just going to like put those two things together and make it happen. And I remember that night, like I wrote out the Instagram post for it, um, which by the way, Instagram has really helped me flex my writing skills. I will say. I know. I know. <laughs> I want to talk to you about that too, but I don't want to derail uh, you. Totally. Um, so I had this like one moment of doubt where I was like, dude, like you haven't even like piloted this idea with friends. Like <laughs> you didn't even like get like you're, what are you doing? Like, this is like really risky to just put this out here and like ask people to fund this project that you literally just ideated in 24 hours. But then I was like, this is needed. People need this. So I just told that doubt to hush hush and I put it out and then three weeks later this program respite as resistance that's designed for QT BIPOC frontliners who are fighting for freedom from their beds and on the streets to come and rest and learn how to incorporate their relaxation and their care and them getting their needs met into the revolution mm. um, in order to curb burnout. So one of the biggest things for me in this work that I've learned is that there's a really high suicide rate amongst activists and it's because most of the narrative around fighting for freedom has been the rah, 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 like fight the power, go hard, like this should be a struggle. And it's just like, okay, but like, what about ease? What about rest? Especially for like the bodies who have yet to rest, you know, the bodies that like die before they even know what rest means. And so I feel like on a, on a like spiritual generational, like deep, deep in my gut level, like I know that this work is so important. Like it just, there's no question about it. And the fact that, you know, $50,000 was raised in three weeks to make it happen speaks to that. Mm. And so I think like, basically what I'm saying is like, my work has just gotten more refined and like, I know what my lanes are and my lanes are in dreaming and imagining and like putting my dreams forward and also allowing other people the freedom to do the same thing. It's like when you see, I know that for a lot of people, like seeing a black trans person be successful and follow their dreams and envision something and make it happen is like very impactful and life changing. And so while I don't do this work to be inspiring, I do it because it's necessary. I'm glad that folks feel inspired by the work. Yeah. Oh gosh, you said so many things and I took so many notes. Um, okay. So before I want to ask for anyone who's listening, who's interested, are there spots left? Respite S Resistance has been fully booked as okay. of now. 
Um, there may be like a second wave because there is a wait list, but there is still an opportunity for folks to participate in terms of care work. So we're looking for um, Reiki healers, acupuncturists, talk therapists, massage therapists, and other body workers. Uh, also non-white. Also non-white, exactly. Cool. Um, I also wanted to point out that you said that you iterated respite as resistance, but you also alliterated it. <laughs> I'm going to tell my dad that I made that joke later. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, what you were talking about bodies. Okay, wait, there are two things that I want to say. Uh, I've so much. <laughs> every every time we talk, though, it's like a tree, right? Like we're like, all I need to talk to you is about this one thing that's like a, just this stick. I'm just like putting it in the ground, and the next yeah. thing we know, we're like, where the hell did this go? So <laughs> I'm gonna. That's why I'm taking notes. So one thing you were talking about that that your body is fighting the fight that the previous bodies had fought that made your body, and. I was mm. thinking that, like, it's in the f the fight. Your DNA has already fought this fight from generations ago and, like, knows how to fight this fight better than anyone before you. Mm. And mm. that coupled with, or more than coupled with, multiple things, with, like, the fact that we're in a pandemic, which for better or for worse, I think that everything that's happening right now at the magnitude that it's happening is because of COVID. And then also with the fact that we have social media. Yep, period. Period. There's like, <laughs> I hear these whispers of like, what is, I don't think we're going to come out of this in like a different world than, and I'm like, what are you, how are you, <laughs> I, how could it not be different? Like, it's not going to be the same. That's the thing. It's already so different. And like any concept of normal, like we're never going back to normal because yeah. of the pandemic. So why would any, why should anything else have to go back to normal? How could anything so else possibly go back to normal? Also, why is that the crux of the conversation? Agreed. <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't, I, I, that's like immediately when I like dissociate from somebody because I'm like, right. oh, this is like not <laughs> the conversation that I ever want to have. Like, I mean, you know, mental health aside, yeah, like I would not get out of bed, but also like I want to, I want to live my life every day in, in a way that is designing a future that I want to occupy. Mm. I'm also like a person who, wants to have children and like nothing's going to stop me from doing that so if I'm gonna do that like I have to believe you know absolutely the other thing that I when you were talking was um about this like horizontal thing and like where does um thing that's so dismissive this horizontal concept where like that we still have leaders and yeah. a word that has been used to describe you by people that I now know is visionary oh my god really yeah multiple times oh <laughs> <laughs> 
So I think when you were talking about this idea of like, what does it look like? What is it? What is a leader in a horizontal structure? I think it's a visionary. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You have you seen that social change ecosystem? Yes. Yes. I, I, yeah, I think that that's exactly what, yeah. It's so funny. I was talking to, oh, Willie, you know, Willie Norris. Yes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> not personally, I was talking to him about it and this is going to be the queers are going to love this so much. And I'm so glad that this came up during this episode because it's so fucking cute. But we were talking about it and I was just like, yeah, I'm a um, visionary son. We were rising. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now now she has to make one that's like a like how it fits into the zodiac. Like it was so good. It was so good. There's got to be, I mean, yeah, like I I my zodiac knowledge is like really lacking and in the last few months it's become really clear to me how much that actually makes me like I, I'm I'm like missing a huge chunk of knowledge that, that so many people in my life talk about so much and I'm kind of like I don't get it yeah so but there's got to be like certain signs are like you know more on the visionary some are more nurturers I mean like I'm a I what I do know is that I'm a cancer and that I'm like a pretty spot-on cancer in the sense that I'm like a home like nourishing space I have a hard shell but I'm like total putty inside um so yeah like I would (laughs) yeah (laughs) so like that's got to be on that that fits into that graphic um okay next question uh how has your self-care labor changed Ooh, oh my God, that's a great question. Um, it's I've definitely doubled down on the self care. Like I've gotten very um, excessive with it, but in a way that's very necessary. Like I don't know if it's the eclipse or what, but these past few days I've been super, super, super tired, mm. and it's of like fighting that exhaustion like I've just been laying down and I'm like you know what it's totally okay that I laid down for five hours today because I literally worked like Monday to Sunday that the week before so like laying down for one day is totally fine um and I've had to be become very regimented with my care because the way that the work is happening is that I'll like, I'm waking up earlier now because I'm just like, oh my God, there's so much work. And like, I'm going to be, you know, on a parcel of land that I have to like learn to love in less than 30 days. Um, and moving out of my That fast? I know. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't realize that. That's so exciting. Yeah. Well, the thing is like one of the promises that I made to myself was that come August 1st, I wouldn't pay rent anymore. Um, and I have like, a little bit of money saved up on my own plus like the money that I've been raising specifically for farming futurity so instead of spending my money on rent um I'm gonna use that money towards um the the land and the space um so 
the plan is to leave my place in Brooklyn, move upstate, live on this land. Um, I'm getting like a geodesic dome built as a temporary structure to live in while my house is getting built. And then I have like friends, like architecture friends and contractor friends who are going to help me build an outdoor shower and kitchen so that I can get by until winter because that's about how long it's going to take for the first house to be built. So I don't know. I, that's another thing too, just like this acceleration of dreams. I'm like, but what am I really waiting for? Like, hmm. yeah. So I kind of lost my train of thought. It's okay. I was there. Okay. So yeah, I've just had to become more regimented about my care because I'll spend like seven hours working really hard on something and then I'll get really tired and fall asleep at like 4 p.m. and then wake up at nine and then I'm like okay my schedule's all thrown off so now I have to like cook a good meal take a bath lay myself back down but because I'm such an early riser I'll wake up like at 6 a.m. and just work so I feel like I'm taking shifts between like doing the work and caring for myself it's like work care work care and that's kind of just been my flow and I, I feel like I have to maintain that in order to be sane because transition is is it like makes you like all blah, 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 you know like yeah. so much is going on so there's I'm trying to uh, yeah yeah there's a lot of transitions going on it sounds like yeah. um I want to I want to I have a question though about what you just said because I wonder do you think that it's beneficial to think of the self-care as part of the work or does it have to stay separate in order to kind of like resonate as care? No, it 100% is the work. It's so funny that you asked that because I was thinking about that today because I've been thinking about this a lot just because it's been my schedule and I'm like, I was in my head having a conversation with someone and I was like, rest is also the work. Um, it's, it's just, it's become this like fluid cycle of like, the care becomes like the food for the work. Like when I, like the care is sort of like my nutrition and like my fuel. And then I like consume the care and then I have the energy to continue moving the work forward. Yeah. 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 I guess there's no, Oh, if I were to try to think about it as two separate things that would come back to like dualism, which I don't believe exists. Ding, ding, ding. One of the first things I feel like I learned from the wheel. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. I know. The, yeah, I can't even begin to tell people how much I love the wheel of consent. <laughs> I have a question for you. Great. How have you witnessed the work transform since our first episode in Knowing Me mm. till now? Like for me personally, or how have I seen it around me? How have you seen it in relation to activation? Oh, God, I, I don't, I feel like I don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah, that's true. Like I kind of was like, this is, this is what camera does, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. yeah. But also I, what I, like, I didn't realize that respite was that respite as resistance was like that this was the first time and that it was a brand new idea. I thought it was, a, um, more like a recurring thing. Mm -hmm. Um, what I do 
think I've seen that's been well. So here was something from our last episode that I thought was really interesting to circle back on. Before George Floyd was murdered, you posted about your student debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yeah. is also part of the evidence for me that linear time does not exist because you knew somehow that that was what was next yeah like everyone was going to start funding black people and paying back their debt and seeing it as direct action and reparations yeah absolutely what do you think of that now that you did that like six weeks ago it was when I was writing out that first post about respirators resistance and I like specifically used the language like this is what we're doing and white people are going to pay for it. Like just like vocalizing that and typing it out. I was like, this is it. Like I just, ha- I just knew, like I just knew I was like, this project is going to get funded like period point blank. Um, and it was sort of just like a reverence and a declaration and the like, not even a ask and you shall receive, but like a You didn't ask. Demand, yeah. you know? Demand and like period. Like these are my demands and and that's just it, you know? And I feel like demands are something that have become more prevalent in my life the past few weeks. Um, especially like in relation to community care and community accountability. Um and centering the demands and needs of the survivor and things like that. So to see, I don't know, to sort of like get serious about my demands early on, I feel like set all of all of my dreams and all of my projects up for um, the support that they really needed to thrive. Today's episode is brought to you by me. I teach boundary and consent classes on Zoom on a sliding scale. These offer a framework for us to practice the language of consent and find and communicate our own boundaries. I also do one-on-one sessions privately. I'll let Ophomia share her experience with you. Doing boundaries and consent work with Mia has been one of the most transformational experiences of my life. I remember when I began this work with her earlier this year, I was terrified. I didn't really know what to expect and was scared that I was going to make a fool of myself. And I'm so glad that I went because it's nothing like that. One of the most powerful things Mia ever said to me was that doing this work gives you the ability to understand yourself and to then give the gift to others to not cross your boundary. And it's been so rewarding and so amazing and I've literally recommended her to everyone I know. She's a remarkable person, and the work is so individualized that I truly believe that everyone can get something out of it. Thank you, Afomia, for that incredible recommendation. You can find the forums to register for class or book a private session through the link in my bio on Instagram, at Mia Schachter. And on with the show. It's making me think of, like, what we've talked about quite a bit now, this, this like, confidence piece that is, is like... Because it's always, I think about it a little bit like, um, you know how Michelangelo talked about like he would get a slab of marble and like the people were already in it and like he would find them basically. And I actually, I think they're slaves. I think that they're statues of slaves, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
so this idea that like whoa I have no idea what I was talking about <laughs> what was I saying <laughs> wait the confidence thing though I have a really funny story about confidence but okay okay so so this is like like I don't my my guess is that you don't there's no moment where you were like now I'm confident enough to make demands it was a very organic like step step by step thing and when you were talking about that I was thinking about this kind of this conversation that you and I have been having that has changed a little bit about confidence like from from class and stuff and and how it's it's really aspirational and it's like never something that you're done working on and when I when I heard you say that you made a switch from asking to demanding that can you talk about like how confidence plays into that for you? Yeah. I, so I quickly want to tell a story about okay. confidence because it recently happened and it just like made me, I was just like, wow. Like it is, it is a literal, like I feel like confidence is a, is a form of, is like a life force. Yes. And I say that because, um, so somebody that I like and have a crush on. Um, <laughs> I saw this post. That's I have two crushes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that's my other crush. But um, the this crush I'm talking about now um, was like, can you get tested for COVID so we can kiss? Mm -hmm. And I was like, great ask. We'll definitely do that. So I got tested. My results came back negative. And then... Um, she came over to my house yesterday and we were just like catching up and um, we, we were kissing. And then like in my mind, I was like, okay, like I want to like kiss her with confidence. Like Ooh. I just want, like, I'm just like going to kiss her. Like I know what I'm doing. And I did that. And I was like, that was the best kiss I've ever given. Like I just felt it in my kiss, but like, I had like kissed her very well and like <laughs> it was just like <laughs> I love that it was just like the feeling of like it was like confidence had came in and gave me kissing skills like I don't even <laughs> explain it like I was just like wow like I did that like my lips were just perfect like and and you know, like juicy and soft, like it was just the perfect combination of all the things. Um, and I think that like, what I'm realizing now too, and even continuing my fundraising and moving from like asking to demanding is that like, I lost my <laughs> Okay, can I talk about something that you just said and then maybe it'll get you back? Okay. So as you were saying that confidence came in and gave you the ability to do that, what yeah. I was hearing was, well, what I was envisioning was like confidence is this like goddess being that came over and was like, this is how you do it. And then you did it. But what was also coming up for me was that that's still you not taking ownership over it right oh, shit. oh my god yeah wow. like that was just you wow we love to see it <laughs> i even had a whole moment where i was like 
I was not this good of a kisser before quarantine. Like something has shifted and because we're in touch with our intuition now more than ever. Like I really believe that that's true. Yeah. And I think also too, just like this whole, for me, like the, the movement for protecting, uplifting and defending black lives, like particularly black trans lives with the work that I do is like, I'm at the point where it's just like, you're either about that or you're not about that. Are you quoting Ricky right now? (laughs) I have, at first I thought he was talking about the the movement and then I was like, oh, he just, he like, someone broke up with him. But it's tea, and it's like it, you. There's so many contacts. You're yes, contact, contact. yes. Either you're about it or you're not about it. Yeah. And so for me, it's like moving into a space of like having a confidence to demand. It's like my life more than matters. Like my life is sacred, and like that's more that that's all I need to demand stuff. Period. Point blank. You know what I mean. And so I think just, you know, the fact that I've been doing this work since 2018, the fact that like there's already been such a like beautiful community surrounding it and believing in it and being like this, like, I feel like activation was, was the work before the work was the work. You know what I mean? And so. (laughs) (laughs) And the body in my body from the body. (laughs) I get it. episode so much already like this is so great it should always be this is medicine it's smoking weed with me <laughs> <laughs> active what you're saying though about the work already like i think for for I mean, for me, I, I know that there are ways that I can look back in my life and be like, oh, I didn't know that this was the work, but like, that's what this was. Or like, because I did that, I was able to do that other thing. And then I was able to understand that other thing. It's not like George Floyd was murdered and I woke up and was like, racism? <laughs> so, like, that, that's not what happened. And, you know, like, it's interesting though to think about activation as like the work that you were doing before you knew that it was the work. This idea, this new new thing that we're saying, like the work. I mean, it's not it's not new, but it's like really ha- really going around right now. Like if you Google trend that, it's like way up. And the work, like capital T, capital W, w is is now this like new lens that I feel like I've been able to add you know I have like the wheel of consent is like my main lens and then I have like whatever other lenses and then this new lens of like of the work and feeling like okay then I'm committing to this amount of work in this way this many times a week or this much in a day and like this being able to kind of look at it as this as this real thing because when we just say like i do work it's like this ongoing right like fades away right right exactly whereas now that i think that we're really thinking deeply about what the work is it also opens it up to all of this personalization like as you were saying finding your lane and recognizing that like my work is not the same as your work my that's how it should be that is how it should be especially if you're a communist, 
so <laughs> uh i also had another question for you and i i forgot i don't what damn it mm. something about something else that we were saying <laughs> not about the work oh it was it was about mm, i don't know confidence confidence yeah confidence assurance mm. um just like being like this is this is going to happen like that's literally all there is to it um <clears throat> And also just like nudging those fearful voices. Cause like mm. I've had to do a lot of like the confidence building that I've had to do lately is like nudging those like fearful voices that appear as like, you know, like a fast beating heart whenever the architect is like, let's jump on a call and make plans. And I'm like, but, but it's too soon, but I'm not ready. But, da, 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 but do we, da, da, you know, and it's just like, no, like this is your dream. You know, like it might be scary, but it's literally just overcoming that feeling of fear is is also confidence. And I feel like yes. a lot of the moments that I've either retreated or stepped back or didn't push forward or was insecure was because of that feeling of fear rather than actually having something to be afraid of. Mm. You know? Yes. I'm seeing a tie that I would like to tie. <laughs> uh two loose strings that i would like to tie together how's that yeah. um so when you were talking about self-care yeah. um hang on if i don't write it down okay <laughs> i'm not even gonna have pete edit these out so, okay, wait, there's actually three ties. So one thing that I was thinking about was at the beginning, we were talking about how everything is moving so quickly in this like incredibly galvanizing and exciting way. Our brains are on fire all the time and we're like learning at such a rapid pace. I was saying before we started that like I release a podcast nine days after I record it and it already feels outdated and like it, quite frankly embarrassing where I'm like I already like have I completely disagree with what I said. <laughs> my yeah, I would never say that now. Um, <laughs> uh, which, as you know, is something that I am starting to try never to say. Um, but everything is speeding up. But then with COVID, we're having to slow down. So the way that, like, you had to get a test in order to kiss somebody, right? Like, there's these beautiful ways that we're slowing down at the same time that we're speeding up in all these other ways. And it's making me feel so much more in control of um, like being able to maintain my boundaries and to understand what they are and actually check with them because I'm not rushing. Period. And then at the same time, like raising my bar for who I'm willing to share myself with because I just don't I there's like there's like more labor now that I don't want to do in my intimate relationships like if you're not if you're not in the fight like I'm not gonna date you period there is really no other tea besides that it's and not gonna happen yeah is like, are are things moving slower and faster or or are we just abolishing time 
I think we're, yeah. I think we're abolishing time. I think so too. Is that because we're in a wormhole? <laughs> I think it's because like the reality that time is a construct is becoming more prevalent. And also like, because there are certain things that we need certain increments of time for, like, for example, like I need lots of time to rest, but I maybe only need like four hours to work. Like, I think that like that alone is breaking down the construct because it's like showing us that like, these are more like, like passages of moments, like rubbing up against each other rather than like calculated instances along a, a time continuum, you know? Yes. Okay, so this is still, this is yet a new tie that I'm going to now tie in to the other ties. Okay, so when you were talking about self-care, you were talking about, like, you weren't really directly talking about it, but I heard a small tinge of, like, feeling like I'm not being productive if I lie on my bed for four hours or whatever. Like, maybe just a little bit of, like, I could always do more kind of feeling. And... Well, hey, I mean, I can't stop working. I have tried and I can't. Um, so, but what what I've been realizing lately, and I just was actually typing it out today, was all these things that are in it, like about my personality, that I think are about my personality, that are in fact, like prescribed by capitalism. So a sense of urgency, productivity, um, linear time uh hierarchies urgency like needing to get as much bang for my buck or like even the way that i was teaching classes until recently was very much like how much can i pack into an hour because i want other people to leave feeling like they got their money's worth which comes in with the confidence thing which is like i need to be confident enough to believe that someone thinks that what I have, what I can offer at a reasonable pace in 60 to 75 minutes is worth 15 to $30. Right. The work that I want to do is to be able to like firmly believe that and not get halfway through class and be like, Oh, everybody's being really quiet. I don't know if I'm doing a good job today. Um, and then the other tie is this fear around that you're having around moving too fast with farming futurity, which I would, my guess is that there's some way in which capitalism is keeping you in this mindset that you're rushing, that you're not thinking this through enough. What do you think? Also too, just like that parallel of informing between like, the productivity and also the um rushing yeah it's like because you can't rush and be productive like multitasking that's another one about capitalism like thinking that you can't ever do only one thing like even watching tv and being on your phone at the same time like you're never doing anything fully right so and then also like the rest too like if you're not fully resting you're not gonna feel rested exactly what what i'm intuiting in this moment um is to call in and sort of like meditate on trust Hmm. like trust in myself trust in the vision trust in the fact that because 
I want this, it can and will happen. Yeah. Um, and I feel that I need to do that because I've been so like minutiae in all of the details of the project that I haven't really been able to take a step back and like really assure myself in all of it. Um, and I'm really glad that you pointed that out because this is something that, I don't know, I feel like I do know when, people, <laughs> when you talk about, when you talk about your vision and, you know, you're explaining yourself, you're giving the vibe, you're letting people know your process. And then like, you were, that was something that you were able to identify like so clearly, you know, and, and my speaking about it. Yeah. I think that, I think that what, what I feel called to in this moment to do is just like acknowledge that that's a reality that I have, like a fear that I have, and also know that like, I can also trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You know, that trust that you're talking about, like, here's a, here's a, like, somewhat um, trivial example, like, from, from my life in this moment. Um, I'm moving out of my parents' house. I saw. Yeah. It's, I love my parents. We get along great. Um, But I'm turning 31 years old and I need my fucking privacy. And I was literally, my dad doesn't listen to this podcast. Here's in a nutshell why I need to move out. I was watching TV in the family room yeah, last night and my dad was like wedged into the corner of the couch, like scooted all the way down, falling asleep with his legs like bent, propped up on the table. And he was just, they were like falling over and then he would like jerk himself awake and then they would fall over the other way and he would jerk himself awake. And I just was <laughs> like, you have to stop doing that. You have to stop doing that. And then I finally... Then, camera, he farted. (laughs) (laughs) In his sleep. Right next to me. And I was like, I just can't. You're like, exit stage left. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, I, I've been really like torn about it because I'm like, this is so much money to spend that I could not spend. Like, am I being a spoiled brat? Like, oh, I need my privates. But like, I also feel like that's part of my self-care is like understanding that that is that first of all, human touch is not a, a privilege. It's a right. And that it is necessary for my health and that there are absolutely safe ways for us to do that. You can get a COVID test. You can create a small pod of people who are all holding each other accountable, who only see very limited other people. So that if anyone in any of your outer circles gets this thing, everyone can find, you know, be informed. Like there are ways that we now need to make this sustainable. And like one of the ways for me to do that is to begin to allow myself to be touched by other people. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't, if I think that believing that that is not a necessary thing is like puritanical bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm moving out, but I vocalize that. Yeah. Thanks. But I, I found an apartment. I was, I found this amazing, amazing apartment yesterday that's like right at the ceiling of my budget, but it's like 
by far the best one I've seen. Um, and like really good for how much it is, but like a little more than I wish I was spending. But my my dad came into my room last night, yesterday, and was like, I just want to talk to you about your finances. Like, I don't know what your finances look like. You know, blah, 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 down that rabbit hole. Like, you're welcome to stay here as long as you want. And I was like, I am going to trust that I can figure this out. Yeah. I'm a, I am scrappy. Like, I yeah. have actually seen that proven time and time again and, like, never quite so much as it was proven in the last – Four, four months. Um, I'm resourceful. Like these are things that I am confident about in myself. I yeah. make things work. Like I know that about myself and I will make this work. And I think like living in the fear that I will fail or that it's a huge risk or that I'm doing something wrong. And that, what? <laughs> being alive is a risk. Yeah. Being alive is a risk. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like a leap that I have to take, but, but I love what you're talking about, about like trusting in yourself. And that's a lesson that I learn over and over and over again. And, and every time I like falter and I'm like, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, like we're in a global pandemic. Like I'm just not going to work until shows are back up. And then like, of course I'm going to work. I'm me. Like if I thought for a second, like, how does Mia handle this situation? Like I did it. Right. Exactly. I'm so happy for you. I <laughs> Thank you. Like, I really, I mean, a lot of my friends that I'm sort of, you know, staying in touch with are expressing like shifts in their, their environment and their circumstances and their process. And I, I, I personally feel like all of it is really for growth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've started to really feel like I, I can't keep doing what I've been doing like at the with the commitment that I've been doing it from from my parents house I just feel like I have to like build my own life you know um but your but what you also made me think of I'm glad that I remembered this was like I I've often I've long had this theory that I haven't like fully articulated maybe you can help me that like the things that we want we want the things that we want because they're within reach. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, because I think that we, if they weren't within reach, we wouldn't even be attracted to them. Like they wouldn't right. even be appealing to us. Right. Like not everybody, not just anybody would be like, I'm going to farm. Right. Like she that's something that, yeah like that you were like that's what I want to do and it's possible because you want it yeah and I I mean I've seen that like crop up in like other areas in my life and I wonder if you've seen things like that too Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I do know. <laughs> I, I'm really trying to unlearn saying that. It's an apology. It really is. It really is. Because um, you asked the question in another Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there 
ways that you've ex- well here why don't I give like another example okay, that cool. might make you yeah so like again this is kind of like a just daily example not that it happens daily but it's like a mundane example of how this has happened to me when I have been at school in my life kind of um and like singled out people where I'm like I kind of want to be that person's friend like I think that they're cool and I want to be their friend when I get to know them we become great friends and there was like something about them that was attractive to me and that's why I wanted it in the first place mm-hmm. and the way that I'm trying to use that as like a tool moving forward is to remind myself that if I want something it's because it's possible Right. So like if I want to buy a house, that's because that's a reasonable desire. Right. Not just not because it's like this like lofty impossible thing. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also feel like what's recently changed in my moving through the world and being alive is that I've shifted from focusing on like the inherent struggle that I've experienced as a poor, you know, black trans person and have like this, like, fuck the state. I don't care about the state. I don't know her name. I literally like, she can do what she needs to do. Like, that's not my, that's just not my moment. Um, and I have so much respect for folks who like work day in and day out to, to change policy and to flip things on its head and to like, seek justice that way but I know that my shift in focus has been towards creating literal worlds like emerging worlds that um I can not only live in but thrive in and feel pleasure in and like worlds where like my pleasure is is centered and um safe and so I think that that shift from um, being like consumed by and in a system that seeks to destroy me towards like rejecting it like fully and just being like I'll sign the documents and do my taxes but other than that like I don't you're irrelevant to me and just sort of shifting my focus on like building a world from the ground up while exhausting I feel like has allowed those things that maybe used to feel impossible more within reach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. (laughs) I feel like we should wind this down, um, close this container. (laughs) Uh, I'll ask you a variation on my closing question. Since I last saw you, what have you read, seen, talked about, who have you talked to um, that you would say has like changed how you are thinking now? Yeah, that's a good question. So the first thing is that I have seen a lot of public and private accountability processes in between um, the last time I was on this podcast and now. And some of them I've been like directly involved in and some of them I've just observed. And I think some of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that like, while accountability can be scary, it exists to 
find the root of the harm and pull it up so it doesn't happen again. And I had a recent experience where someone who I'm friends with was involved in perpetuating harm. And then the folks who were harmed called me in to be accountable for my friend. And like my initial reaction was like to cry because I was like, oh my God, like I'm complicit and I'm like, I'm afraid and they're going to cancel me. But then I like got over all of that fear and just realized that they just like wanted to talk and like had a few demands like I was just like oh okay this is great this is easy like I can do that you know so I think that like my confidence in being able to handle conflict and hold accountability processes has increased by like three million percent and I've gone from being like like a quaking screaming baby about Mm. it to being that can actually um, take steps to center folks who who have been harmed and like ask the right questions, which I feel like is just an essential skill for any adult. Um, And a resource that I would recommend to build those skills would be this book uh, called Fumbling Towards Repair. Yeah. Um, I actually have it right here. I haven't fully started it yet, but it's something that as a facilitator and person in the community who um, is, you know, in the business of like creating spaces, it's really important that I like equip myself with with those skills and those experiences. And, um, you know, like, yeah, it just goes back to that whole, like the revolution starts at home. Like if you're not right with yourself, like how are you gonna be right with your community in the world. So yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that we did another one of these. Me too. This was this was juicy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to chew on in here. I know. And it was fun and funny and like playful. Chef's Basito. Yeah. Can you tell people where they can find you? Absolutely. So I have my um, personal work on my website, babyking.me. Um, and then if you want to learn more about activation, that's activationresidency.com. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram and see what I'm up to in my day to day, I am black queer baby. And if you want to keep up with activation on Instagram, it's just activation residency. I'm on Instagram at Mia Schachter, S-C-H-A-C-H-T-E-R. And you can follow the podcast at Share the Load Podcast. Special thanks to Pete Ziarto at Director Pete on Instagram for recording, editing, and producing help. And to Tyler Field for the music. You can reach me at podcast at sharetheloadinc.com with questions or comments. If you find these episodes enriching or educational, please consider becoming a member at patreon.com slash sharetheload. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks, camera. Bye.